0: Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message, and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. Oh, love you, Kes. You made me cry. Not a difficult task, (laughs) but still so genuine. Oh. It's so wonderful to be here with you tonight and during this special time. And as Kess was just saying that the Lord brought our family back from the nations to the United States, it just reminded me once again of a vision that that I had that I want to declare this vision and as I get opportunity to do it again and again, I'm doing it because I'm pressing in and holding on for a greater glory that God wants to release in the United States of America. Look, our family, we were sown into the nations, and we grew up in different cultures and different places, and we were getting ready to live and die in the nations, and yet for some reason, in God's wisdom, he brought each of us, one by one, back out of the nations that we, we were in and serving in to this land. Years ago, we were in Cyprus, on the island of Cyprus, there, and we were in our worship room, and in a time of, of glory in, in the worship, all of a sudden, I see a vision of the map of the United States of America. And on that map of the United States of America, I see in the northwest of the country fire just beginning to light in the northwest. And then I saw fire in the northeast of the country begin to light. And I heard the Lord say, When I reawaken the healing revivalists of the northwest, and we, when I reawaken the wells of the great awakening in the northeast, and then I saw it move across the map and it came down from the northeast to the northwest to Texas. And when it came to Texas, and I saw it across the map, and it was a red line that came across, and those two red lines of those uh, revival wells of, of America's history come and converge, I heard the Lord say, when I reawaken the old wells, I will open up a new well, and it will spring out of Texas, and it will be a V for victory for this nation. And so coming here at this time, It's wonderful to be with family. And I adore your pastors and your leadership team. It's so good. The quality and the caliber of the leaders that you have in this house are amazing. But there's also something in my heart. Lord, could this be the time? Could this be the season? Years ago, that vision on a mountain, on a little island in the eastern part of the Mediterranean, and I shared it not knowing that years later, every single one of the leaders that were in that room, God would sovereignly reposition to either be in the northwest, the northeast, or in Texas. Just the mighty hand of God is working. There's expectation for more. Thank you, Lord. What an amazing time. That we're in, this is, you know, many uh, people would call this Passion Week. This is the week of Christ's passion. And we who know him and who live on the other side of the cross, who live on the other side of the resurrection, we can respond to his passion that still reverberates throughout history for 2,000 years and hits our hearts today. And we can respond in passion to his Passion. We can respond to what he's done and as we remember and as we memorialize and we honor and we give glory to the lamb for what he did on our behalf. We, were, we want to respond with a passionate and heartfelt response to him that says that somehow let our hearts and let our offering and let our song and let our preaching and let our words and let our relationships and let the work of our hands and all these things somehow give an offering back to you. We can never match what he did for us, but all we want to try Oh, we want to pour out our hearts before him. Oh, we want to worship him. Oh, we want to let our hearts be bare before him. And so in this Passion Week, all week I've been thinking, yeah, we remember the passion of Jesus. We remember the passion of the man, Yeshua, in laying down his life for us. But Lord, let there be a passionate response in your bride, in your people, in this day and the age. Because there's going to come a time when the bride will be found ready to stand beside him. In glory, in purity, in spirit. In splendor, in holiness, worthy to stand at his side. So in this Passion Week, let our hearts respond to yours. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Revelation 13, the last part of verse eight. It says that there's a book of life concerning the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Glory to the lamb. Before the earth was formed, before the cosmos came into existence, before God spoke everything into existence, it says here in John's revelation that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. That means to me that the sacrifice of the Lamb of God was not based upon man's fall, but it was out of the nature of God in whom there was no lack at all. It was out of the limitlessness of God, out of the great power of who god was that the lamb was already slain there was already provision there was already a solution there was already an answer and so we don't need a response to sin but it rather than that that he had already had the fullness of provision in him the words that come to mind don't do it justice but it's like atomic power nuclear power that's not based in the response to sin, but it's based on on the very nature of who God is in his limitlessness. There was an answer already before the question was asked. There was a solution before the problem was revealed. And whatever thing that we have in our life on this silent Saturday, we can have assurance in this that he already saw it and he will already see to it. He already saw it, and he's already seen to it. Hear me now tonight. I want to declare over your lives, with the authority of the word of the Lord, because the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, and there is nuclear, atomic power of the truth of God. Are you hearing me? Nuclear, atomic power of the truth of God's word, that he has an answer before the question is asked that he is the solution before the problem is presented. So for broken marriages, worthy is the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the earth. For depression and anxiety and mental health disorders, worthy is the lamb. My brother-in-law who serves together with us in the greenhouse, which is our school of discipleship and spiritual formation in in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. When we were entering into our last session, he had a vision before the school started of every time that we would gather when a testimony would come forth, that everybody would respond with a shout, Worthy is the Lamb. And it's become our habit. It's become our joy that every time someone shares that, even if it's like, A hint of a testimony sometimes the whole room they can't even they can't wait till the end of the testimony they just begin to shout worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb Lamb. come on say it with me Worthy worthy is the lamb to receive blessing and glory and honor and power worthy is the lamb and they overcame by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony. Tonight, I want to share with us and pray for an impartation into this very atmosphere that has been opened up in adoration and praise and worship and in the declarations of faith. Even when we don't see it, we're saying, you have seen it. Even when we don't see it yet, you will see to it. It's one of the names of God, Adonai Yira in Hebrew, and it means the Lord will see to it. When God provided a lamb for Abraham so he didn't have to sacrifice Isaac, he was known as Adonai Yira. The Lord will see to it, and I want to declare in faith tonight for the things that seem insurmountable For the mountains that are looming in front of us, let them be leveled by the word of faith tonight. The Lord will see to it. Let mountains be leveled. Let the impossible places be leveled now. Worthy is the lamb. Maybe you see that in front of you. Maybe it's a a healing that's needed. Maybe it's a a restoring of a broken relationship. Worthy are you, God, to receive blessing and honor and glory and power. Worthy, worthy. Worthy We give you our worship and we say, Worthy are you. Worthy is the Lamb. Come on, let's just just take a moment and adore the Lamb of God. Adore the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. We say, worthy are you. Worthy are you. Worthy are you. Worthy are you. Let mountains come down. Let mountains be leveled at the shout of the Lord. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy are you. Worthy are you. Feel free just to declare tonight, even in the midst of the preaching, if it wells up in your heart. I won't be thrown off if you stand up to your feet and you declare when it drops into your heart, Worthy is the Lamb. lamb. Woo! We call into time and space, we call into this season the atomic, nuclear, unlimited power of the slain lamb, the solutions that are needed that will give glory to the lamb. We pull from eternity... WE PULL FROM ETERNITY, WE PULL FROM HEAVENLY PLACES, SOLUTIONS EVEN NOW. We draw upon it. We say now here in this place, in this season, in Passion Week on Silent Saturday, we position our hearts in faith that the answer is coming, that the solution is being released. Father, I thank you for sending messengers from heaven. I thank you for sending angels of fire like flaming arrows coming into households. There is a lamb for every household that's represented here. And that there is a lamb, there is a sacrifice that is more than enough, not just for your Household, but for your community, for your city, for your state, for our nation, worthy is the Lamb. And they overcame. By the blood of the lamb, that slain lamb before the foundation of the world, and by the word of their testimony. All we need is our confession to line up with the eternal heavenly reality of the solution that's already been paid on our behalf. Behold the Lamb. Behold the man. Worthy is the lamb. And behold your king. This is, if there's a title for this message, if we even get to it, it's Behold the Lamb, Behold the Man. And behold your king. Behold the lamb. (sighs) Open the eyes. Open the eyes of our understanding. Sweep through this place tonight with fresh revelation from heaven. Sweep through this place tonight. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the spirit of revelation falling in this place, Lord, to see the Lamb, to see the man, Jesus, to see the King. Father, I ask that you would open up the eyes of our understanding tonight, that you would open up your word, and that you would show us wonders in your word for who the Lamb is, who the man is, who the King is. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. During the worship time, I was remembering encounters that have marked my life with the Lord. And I realized that the Holy Spirit brought to mind three encounters that match up with this. Behold, the lamb, behold the man, behold your king. Praise the Lord. <laughs> is the lamb. And I'll share them in the opposite order because that's how it happened chronologically in my life. But the order doesn't particularly matter in that. But years ago, a life-defining encounter with Jesus was at the end of our first school of ministry in Cyprus, our first discipleship school. And we didn't have a trained staff, and it was just a small band of people, but we were going all after the Lord and His, the vision that he put on our hearts and our lives. And at the end of a six-month season, we came to our missions trip at the end, and I was exhausted. My body was spent, my emotions were spent, and and, and as, you know going in my youth after the Lord, and all that time I came to a wall during the outreach trip. And I remember we were going to minister in a prison that day, and I had to say to one of our team members that you're just going to have to take the team. And I stayed back at the place where we were, and all I could do and all I had the energy was to lay on my bed, and I grabbed my Bible, and I laid it upon my chest, and I just said, I'm gonna, I don't even have the energy to read. And I just slept throughout the day with the Bible on my chest. And the next morning, we got up to go to a prayer meeting before ministry. We showed up in this house. And I'm just waiting on the Lord in this prayer meeting. This was in the nation of Ethiopia. And people know how to pray. People know how to pray. When we arrive, they pray before the prayer meeting. When you come into the prayer meeting, people are on their knees everywhere with tears coming down their faces, crying out in their desperation to the Lord. It's just because he is worthy. And, we, and I set up, I came into that meeting with our team, and the, and the atmosphere was already ripe. And in the middle of the worship time. I looked across the room, and I saw a young man in the room there, and I began I called him out, and I began to walk towards him. And when we got to the middle of the room, the Lord was giving me a download for his life. And I got to the middle of the room, he was walking towards me. And when we got to the center of the room there, it was as if the Lord dropped a spiritual mirror down into the room. And I realized that the word that I was speaking over his life, Jesus himself was speaking over me. And in that moment, before I could even get to him and touch him, it was like, like there was an explosion that happened, and we got close to each other, and he went flying backwards onto the ground. I went flying the other way, and I saw Jesus walk into the room that day. And he came as king in that moment. And he came, and the fear of the Lord broke out in the room. People began to scream at the top of their lungs. Other people saw angels moving through the room. And there in that place, as I was on the floor, I was wailing at the top of my lungs. And all I could say was, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Because he came in his authority. And I literally, although I didn't see him with my physical eyes, it was more real. As I saw him with the eyes of my spirit, as he walked in the door, and he came to me, and he stood over me as I lay shaking on the ground. With the fear of God, I didn't know in that moment if I was going to live through this encounter. It was like fire was going through my whole body as I was shaking. My clothes were wet from sweating, and I was crying out. And all I could describe of him was his face is like liquid fire. It was movement, and it was holy, and it was fearful, and it was awesome in that place. And 45 minutes later, as I'm still in that place and the meeting is over, people are just having encounters with God around the room. Someone thought, one of the leaders thought, well, let's get on with the service. They went to grab me. When they touched my leg, they go out under the power of God in that place. And I crawl under a table finally to try not to be a distraction because I'm in the middle of the room so they could get on. I don't know why we think when Jesus shows up. we need to continue on with the order of service. And Jesus, as king, spoke into my life that day things that I could not even share for two weeks with our team because every time just the thought Of his face, I would start weeping and shaking under the power. (sighs) Worthy. Worthy is the king. (sighs) The only people I could share with in that moment was my parents, because I knew that they had experienced the realms of glory that they would be able to understand through the sobs, through the shaking. That would rack my body as I tried to explain. I tried to journal it, and when I go back and I look in the journal, it makes no sense. It was like writing in tongues. Hello. (laughs) Woo his face like fire. There's things. Guys, it's great to receive a prophetic word. We love the prophetic. We love prophecy. But the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. When Jesus begins to speak. Oh! When Jesus begins to speak face to face. The one who formed you. The one who saw you. The one who spoke your life into existence, who gave the spark of life itself, who saw you and knew you in your mother's womb, and he begins to talk to you about your destiny. You don't need it to be heard by anybody else but a heart that says yes and is willing to receive the word of the Lord. (laughs) Father, we ask, Lord, that you could trust us. We ask that you could trust your people with encounters. In the secret place. You can trust us with counters to release destiny. That unroll the scrolls of our life. life. (laughs) (laughs) The next encounter that I want to share with you this next visitation with Jesus was as he came as a man it was here in Texas a few years ago coming down for camp meeting in Palestine With my dear friend, Father in the Faith, Jeff Collins. And the Lord began to stir my heart on the flight and on the plane. I don't have time to tell the whole progression, but it was a life changing redirection for our family and an encounter that marked my life. It was coming out of that season of crazy season of COVID and all those different things that were going on. I realized I had been standing guard, and I had been resisting the enemy, and I had the sword in my hand, but I wasn't able to let go of the sword when the season was shifting at that time, and I needed a fresh touch from the Lord. Sometimes you can become weary and well-doing, and you're on your guard, but when there's a shift of season, you have to know how to change your posture to be able to receive the now word of the Lord that will advance you into the next place. If you have an ear, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Some of us have been holding on to the posture, to the stance, to the tools, to the weapons of the past season. And we're not willing to let go because we have made an idol out of faithfulness and not allow the redirect of the Lord in the season to speak to our hearts so that we can posture ourselves to receive in such a way that the unexpected, the suddenly, and the beauty and the glory of his design is revealed in our lives in a moment. And I came and I remember met Joaquin and Eddie and the team and Giant Kess and those that gathered there. And I just I just, I'm just crying, God, melt my heart. Melt my heart. I want that heart that's soft before you bend me, God. Like the revivalists of old. David Brainerd. Evan Roberts. Melt my heart. And it was the first night of the camp meeting at the end. just said, I want everyone who's in ministry to come to the front and then the the people to come and pray. And Giant Hess and a couple of others came and prayed for me. And I remember it was one of those times where you're at the front and it closes out the meeting and everyone's left the room and they're still praying. And I'm just there, thankful for the love that they're showing to me. And then every once in a while, peeking to see who's left in the room. You know, have you ever done the receiving and peeking. Jesus said, watch and pray. There's a lot of things recorded in Scripture because someone was peeking. Woo! <laughs> we know about that upper room prayer meeting because someone was peeking and they saw the tongues of fire. <laughs> On, woo! Thank you, Lord. Yay. <laughs> And Jai and Cass and a few friends kept pressing in and praying. And then Jai, he began to cry. And he's like, Matt, you have no idea. I just got a download of the Father's love for you. Just a glimpse. You have no idea. And it's just like the dam broke and tears started flowing down. And then glory Start being released in our hunger and our love, and we're just like, we want first love. We want first love again. Refresh us, renew us, touch us with first love. Again, wash us. Wash us from the stuff of the seas, the past season. Wash us from the cares of this world. Woo Wash us. And that night I went back to the Collins home and staying in their guest room. The Holy Ghost B&B, as Jeff likes to call it. (laughs) It truly is. It truly is. And at 4 a.m., I sensed the presence of the Lord. And I woke And Jesus was sitting on the bed as a friend. And he looked at me, and I woke, and I was just laying there. Tears began to just flow down my face, and he said, I just want to be with you. And in that moment, the way he looked at me, I knew I could go back to sleep. And he would just stay there. He was so kind. He was so gentle in that moment with me, like a friend. He says, I just want to be near you, Matthew. And I just laid there, and and tears were running down my face. And and I I just, in my heart, without words being formed on my lips, I just loved him, and I just worshipped him. It was just with him in that, in that time and stayed in that moment until about 6.30 in the morning of just being with Jesus. And just being with him in that moment, everything changed. All the stuff of this past season just got broken off and washed off. I felt like I was cleansed, like clarity came to my vision, like I was able to let go of the sword of the past season. And I came out of the room in the morning and they were, some were already having coffee and breakfast in the kitchen. And Jeff and Norm Frederick and a couple others were there. And they looked at me and they said, what happened? They could see the residue of glory. Because Jesus came as a man, as a friend. And spent time. It literally was that encounter that led to a series of events that repositioned our family. And gave us a fresh assignment. And opened up the door for miracles for us to buy our first home, to start the greenhouse, Amen. to be repositioned into a season of, after contending, of thriving. And he came so kind, so gentle. Don't hold on to past assignments and make an idol out of faithfulness when he's looking for faith that will set you up for your next assignment and for the new season that's upon you. And Then the third encounter that I want to share with you that mark my life as the most recent, and it's Jesus revealing Himself as that Lamb. I was at a conference in Maryland, and the Lord had been moving throughout the whole conference in a powerful way. A special time of ministry, particularly in impartation to young adults and to teenagers during that time. So many people were receiving the Holy Spirit for the first time and receiving gifts and impartation and all these things. They came to the last session of the conference there, and during the worship, they hit a crescendo moment in the spirit, and the worship team was singing a refrain over and over again, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. Suffering, may the Lamb receive. And I know that I know this fra- refrain. I'm a student of revival history. I know where it comes from. I'm very familiar with the story. I've ministered in Herrnhut, Germany, and amongst the Moravians today. I've had students that are modern day, are Moravians by descent, in our school in Cyprus, and we have a team in in Herrnhut. Oh, Sorry, I'm hitting puberty, I guess again. And we have a team. In Herrenhood, Germany, I know that story. But sometimes the Lord surprises us by taking us into an encounter where our heart and our head come together in revelation knowledge. And as they were singing this, I fell on my face, weeping, Crying out, worthy is the lamb. And I had a vision of the resurrected Jesus as the lamb of God. And I saw the marks of his love. He said to his disciples when he showed up in his resurrected form, behold my hands, behold my feet, handle The wound in my side. This is the evidence. Of my love. This is the one who walks through walls, who now is glorified, and yet the marks of his love by what he did upon the cross that we remember on this Silent Saturday, as we remember during this season of the great price that he paid for our redemption, the great cost of love that he gave. And I began to weep and cry, saying, Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. And I saw that the wounds of Jesus are beautiful. I could have told you with my head something about that. I could have even tracked you through the progression of the mystics and the monks and those that had seen throughout history a revelation of the sacrifice that Jesus made and how it opened up gateways of intimacy with the Lord and revelation and friendship together with Jesus that took them to heights and depths of his love that inspire us to this day. But when it moves to an encounter, everything changes. I'm sobbing on the ground, crying, "Worthy Islam, beautiful are the marks of your love. Beautiful are the wounds of you. Beautiful is the suffering, because it is the evidence and the testimony of your love for us. By your stripes, we are healed. Your chastisement is for our peace. Your brokenness for our wholeness. And I saw him as the lamb. And because the atmosphere was right, people began to get up and grab the microphone. And thank God for a senior father in the faith that went and took the mic and he said, This is not the time to play games. And he came. And he said, there's encounters that are happening here. Matthew, would you come? He put the microphone in my hand. I'm getting up, just sobbing, crying, and all I could say was, worthy is the lamb. Glory Glory to the lamb. Glory to Jesus. And it broke out in that conference center again with revelation. People began to weep and to cry throughout that place as healing and his gifts were imparted, as restoration was moving through the room, as Jesus was revealed as that lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Father, I thank you for the confession of what is true from your word and the testimony of the reality of your presence in our lives, working and moving and having its way. Release revelation. The Apostle John lived the longest of all the eyewitnesses to the majesty of Jesus in his life, his death, and his resurrection. He was the one who was entrusted to live the longest and to be able to pass on to the next generations of the church that was forming in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, in that place. And he was called at the beginning the Son of Thunder, But by the end of his life, he became known as the apostle of love. He encountered him. John's encounter on the island of Patmos in the book of Revelation happens before the gospel of John is written. And although Revelation... Speaking about the end things, and it's at the end of Scripture, and at that time, John's gospel is so unique in that it comes after the other accounts. And the synoptic gospels, the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're the ones that tell what Jesus said and what he did. They give his teachings to us. It describes in different accounts with different audiences and different purposes. But there's something about the gospel of John they came at the end of his life after he'd already been imprisoned and set free from Pablo's, after he'd already been taken up in the spirit to heaven and seeing things that would happen in the future in advance. And this apostle of love begins to sow into the next generation of the church so that the very thing that was needed that the lord gave him longevity in his life was that the church would be established in a love encounter with god so they'd be with, able to withstand persecution they'd be able to withstand the assault of pagan religion and witchcraft and all those things that were going on in those days and that they would grow in the midst of it and though they they were a remnant that within a short amount of time that they would topple an empire and that their witness of an upside-down kingdom would open up a way for the gospel to be glorious and to go forth. And we need that apostle of love in his testimony today in America. Today in Austin. We need him revealed. Do we need to see him as the lamb, as the man? And as the king, in John's gospel, the apostle of love, in John chapter 1, it's recorded. The next day John saw, speaking of John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him. John is preaching to all of Israel at this time. And he's preaching and he's calling the nation to repentance as all of Israel came out to hear him. And with many strong exhortations, he called them to repentance. And then in the midst of the multitudes that were getting ready for baptism, John points out into the crowd and he says, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He had already recorded, John, the author of this gospel, had already recorded his encounter with the Lamb of God in heavenly places in the book of Revelation where it says that this, it's by this testimony, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony that they overcome evil. It's the strategy that we need for Austin is the blood of the lamb is more than enough to mark our homes, to mark our hearts, to mark our lives, to set us apart in purity and righteousness and holiness, to put zeal in our hearts because of the work that he has done. And out of that to live is just shining in a bright witness before him. So that we could stand in the midst of the crowds of the people and that someone could say, Look, behold, and see that the Lamb is working, the Lamb is walking, the Lamb is moving again. Is that not our witness to the world today? That God is alive, that God is good, that He's working a plan, and that that plan is good. And we're inviting people to get in line with His good plan. Worthy is the Lamb. And so John cries out through the multitudes as Jesus appears on the scene. It takes a prophet because he has not done a miracle. He has not preached. He hasn't done a sign up until this point. But there's a prophet that's ready to be able to receive him. Lord, give us prophet's eyes to be able to see the movement of Jesus in our midst and in the midst of the multitude. Make us stand out from the crowd. Make us stand out, Lord God. That we wouldn't be like the living dead. That we carry the name of Jesus, but we don't have the light of Jesus in our eyes. That would be the ones that would walk and that literally the flames of love would be evident in our eyes, in our life, in our hearts. And that we come into a place that they would see the Lamb for who he is yeah. through us. Yeah. Worthy. 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 Enlighten our eyes. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. See Him. Recognize Him. See His movement in the midst of the people. Give us bright eyes and pure hearts. Give us bright eyes eyes that are filled with love, eyes that are filled with fire. In John, he gives his account and he's framing this in the context of the Passover story, of the Exodus story, which is the meta-narrative for the people of Israel. It is the epic from the Old Testament, from the book of Moses, not just of their history, but of the revealing of the name of God, the revealing of the character of God, the revealing of the ways that he's mighty, that he's a deliverer, that he's a provider in all the things that he does and on behalf of his people. And he uses it. So by saying, behold, the lamb that people know immediately. If we don't have that story in that context, it's weird Behold the lamb. But when we know the Exodus story, when we know the Passover story, that for every house there was to be a lamb that was brought into the house. And because the life is in the blood, that there would be a sacrifice that would be made for each house and that blood of the lamb would be put upon the door of the house and that the angel of death and judgment would pass over them at that time, and that the and that because of the power of that blood of the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, that's why there was power in Egypt before Jesus died on the cross, because they're pulling from the instructions of God from eternity past into the moment, as they did it in the past by faith, it took faith to obey the words of Moses, so we do on the other side of the cross, by faith, we appropriate the blood of the Lamb, it's not just something to talk about and to sing about, but we get and we have to apply it to our home we have to apply it to our hearts we have to apply it to our community we've got to apply it to our workplace and to our city it's the precious blood that the life is in the blood the people of Israel understood when they said the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world they would remember the pattern of the Passover. They would remember the instructions in Leviticus that on the day of atonement that there would be seven sprinklings by the high priest. There would be seven sprinklings by the high priest that were foreshadowing and pointing forward to the passion of Jesus. That he goes into Gethsemane and seven times, blood comes out of his body as he approaches the cross. He sweats blood as he's contending in that moment, knowing the pain, knowing the sacrifice, knowing the weight of sin of the whole world will be upon him in that moment. And he sweats blood. And then he's brought before Pilate. He's brought in judgment, and they, they take rods, and they beat his face. And his face is bloodied in that moment as the lamb Marred beyond recognition. He, he no longer even looked like a man, but he was a man that showed up as a, as a, as a propitiation for our sins. He stood in our place in that moment. And that was the, the second one. And then they plucked his beard and blood came out from where they plucked his beard out of his face. I'm sorry if this makes you uncomfortable, but it should. Yeah. Worthy is the Lamb. Yeah, worthy. Worthy is the lamb. The beautiful wounds of Jesus that made a way that he conquered in the beginning. He'd already done it, but then he came as a man. And he took it upon himself. And then they flogged him. Ripped open his back and his flesh. And his blood was poured out. As it was prophesied by Isaiah in chapter 53. And they took a crown of thorns and they pressed it into his head in mockery of him as a king. It's not the end of the story. But blood flowed again. I lost count, but we're somewhere up to six. lost track but last of all was that when he said it is finished at the same hour that the high priest in the temple would cut the sacrificial lamb's neck and the priest would declare it's finished Jesus at that same hour cries out from the cross it is finished yeah thank you Renee no no you got it number six on the cross His hands and his feet are pierced, (laughs) driven through the signs of his love for us. And then finally, after he gives up his spirit to the Lord, Father, into into your hands I commit my spirit. A soldier comes in fulfillment of prophecy and pierces him. They will look upon the one that they pierced. And thrust a sword into his side, and blood and water flow. Worthy is the Lamb. Oh, the beauty of the love of Jesus. In John 19, in the story when Jesus is brought before. Pilate, in verse 5, it says that Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. But the, pre- the priests and the officers, they cried on, they said, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said, You take him, you crucify him, I find no fault in him. And their hearts were turned in that moment. And then later on in the chapter, verse 14, it says, Now it was preparation day for Passover, and about the sixth hour he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And they took him to Gotha, they took him to the place of the cross. And they wrote a title and put it above him on the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And it was written in Hebrew, in Greek, and Latin. In the irony and the beauty of God's design, that would also be the route that the gospel would take. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and salvation to the Jew first, also to the Greek. And we saw in Paul's journey that he went from Jerusalem to Caesarea, to Antioch, to Cyprus, to Greece, and then eventually to Rome. And what they used to mock him in his humility became the power of the testimony of the gospel that crippled the Roman Empire and released the power of the kingdom. And we are here as fruit today of the power of the cross and that the gospel prevails. And so John, he frames this and he says, Behold the lamb, behold the man, and behold your king. In the book of Revelation, the same pattern can be seen. In Revelation 1, after John is on the isle of Padmos, he says, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patience, like a silent Saturday in the in-between space, In the patience of Jesus Christ was on the isle of Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. This whole letter that encapsulates and finishes up this holy scriptures there. It is the testimony of Jesus Christ. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is that spirit of prophecy that's declaring the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's framed in the same way. And it starts out with a vision of the man this time. And there he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. In that silent Saturday, in that time in between there, in the place of persecution and tribulation, he was waiting on the Lord and in the spirit. He was in patience in the middle of the time. And in his patience and in his waiting, and he's looking out, the Lord appears to him. Take courage. Take courage. He had to know this is not the end of the story. You have to know that in the in-between, stay true, hold fast, hold on, be in the Spirit. No matter the challenge, no matter the obstacle, no matter the tribulation or the persecution, this momentary light affliction is but for a moment, but it is working within you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. He was in the in between. He was in the silence, and then the voice of the Lord comes. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning, and I am the end. I am the first, and I am the last. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. In the silence, in the, uh, the time of, of imprisonment, in the time of persecution, in the time of tribulation, he's waiting in the spirit, and then Jesus shows up, behold the man. Behold the man, this revelation, the one who was the friend of Jesus, the one who started as a son of thunder, full of zeal, that was running ahead, that was looking, and always to be close, was a part of the inner circle, was part of the three... Who was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus when the glory of the Lord was revealed and his clothes shined like the sun. The one who at the very foot of the cross, Jesus amongst his last words said, woman, behold your son, son, behold your woman, to giving the charge to John to take care of his mother. Jesus, the man on the cross at that point, was taking care. He was making, he was putting the priority of relationships of his family in the midst of the saving of the whole world. Don't lose the priority of looking out for your family, even when your vision is the salvation of the whole world, or a city, or a church or a ministry, or whatever your vision is. And he imparted something to John. You have to understand, from a Near Eastern, from a Middle Eastern perspective, take care of my mama. He entrusted his friend. So much so that John, in his gospel, at the end of his life, doesn't even refer to himself. By his name, he says... The disciple that Jesus loved. Five times through the gospel. The disciple that Jesus loved. One like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, and as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Hold fast, dear friend. Hang on, disciple that I love. John, my beloved, hang in there. I'm the beginning and the end. Hold on. Because I lived and was dead and I'm alive forevermore. Jesus, the man, comes down from heaven to meet with John in the place of his persecution, of his challenge, of his obstacle while he's in chains on a prison island. And he speaks to him about his assignment, that he's going to get released from prison and from that island, and then he's going to go father the church and set them on a course to put the new leaders in for the the seven churches of Asia Minor. Jesus comes down as a man to speak to him and reveal his glory to him. And then in Revelation chapter 4, Jesus comes, or the Spirit calls to John, and now he calls John to come up because there's another level of revelation. It's progressive in its nature. As I was sharing with you my own encounters, <laughs> beholding the king, beholding the man, beholding the lamb were a part of an increasing revelation of who Jesus really is in my own life. It's an unfolding revelation in the gospel of John Behold the lamb, behold the man, behold your king. I don't know where you are tonight or where you need to hear what's going on in your life and which way you need to encounter the Lord. But I want to tell you that he wants to reveal more of himself tonight. He wants to reveal more. He wants to open your eyes to be able to see more of him. Maybe you've known him as the lamb, but he wants to reveal his kingliness to you. Maybe you've known him as the man, but he wants to reveal, you, reveal to you who he is as the lamb of God. And so in this, he has to get John now to come up to heaven to be able to show him eternal perspective. Jesus comes down to speak into his situation, but then to show him things about the future. Do you get this in Revelation 1? Jesus comes down to speak in the now, but for the future, he has to get John up into heaven. So I heard a voice saying to me, Come up here and I will show you the things which must take place after this. Immediately, I was in the spirit. He was in the spirit when Jesus comes down to him and he's in the spirit when he goes up to Jesus. Here's the revelation as it unfolds in the throne room now of the Lamb of God. I'm gonna try to take us through this. Hang on with me here if we can. We're going somewhere. <laughs> In Revelation chapter 4, there's a progressive unveiling and revealing of the glory of who God is around the throne. And it starts like this in verse 8. We'll we'll try to to jump through this. There's the description of the light, of the color, of the movement of the throne and what's going on around the throne. And in verse 8 it says, There's four living creatures, each having six wings with full of eyes around within, and they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. This holy, holy, holy is literally a key to access heavenly places. Isaiah learned that key, holy, 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 and I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He accessed the throne room, who was and is and who is to come. It's the doorway to the eternal realm, to the heavenly realm, when we ascend in worship to the holiness of God, holy who was, holy who is, holy who is to come. Lord God Almighty, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our generations, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. It's the mystery of in the three that we can access a unity into a fuller vision. feel like i'm losing some of you here you can literally get an access into a heavenly realm that comes through the place of worship to the one who was and is and who is to come and in that moment he will unfold he says i saw a door standing open in heaven and he looked but then he said behold a throne and he steps through and revelation unfolds to him of the glory that's around the throne and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down. First, it's four living creatures that are worshiping. And now it's revealing glory in its 24 elders. It's increasing in its magnitude of glory of, to set the place for the revealing of the lamb. And 24 elders fall down before the one who sits on the throne and they worship him and they say, "You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Four creatures, 24 elders, there's increasing glory and then in the pageantry of heaven, in the movement of heaven, there is a cry that says, who is worthy? Who is worthy? Worthy is the lamb. There's a question that's asked in John in that moment. It says, I wept much because I didn't know who was worthy. And he turns to an angel and the angel says, don't worry here. You're in the throne room. There's increasing revelation that's encircling. There's a movement that's coming around you from the four to the twenty-four. There's an expanding glory. Just open up your eyes to see. And John is caught up in the question in the moment. He's like, who is worthy? And I wept much because there was no one to read the scroll. But one of the elders said, do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold. Every time, I looked and behold. Friends, I want to tell us tonight. Look and behold. See the lamb. See the man. See the king. Look and don't stop looking. Look and hold on to him. Look and behold the lamb. Hold the lamb in your eyes. Behold the man in your eyes. Hold the king before you. I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, it's growing in its capacity of worship as though it had been slain. Was a lamb having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into the earth. Going down. Now, when he'd taken the scroll, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, fell down before the lamb. And they sang a new song and they said, You're worthy. You're worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. You're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain. The Lamb is slain from the foundations of the earth, and He has redeemed us to God by His blood, the precious blood of the Lamb that takes away the sins of the whole world. He's worthy because of His blood, because of His sacrifice, because He is slain. He's holy because he created and he's worthy because he has redeemed us. He's the redeemer out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. It's not just an Israelite story. It's not just a Hebrew story. It's not just a story for the the Jewish people. It is now a global story of every nation and tribe and tongue that are redeemed by this lamb that was slain. And he has made us to be kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth and the revelation continues to grow and it continues to ripple out and it was four and then it was 24 and then it was elders that were added to it and the revelation of the lamb has come and then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne Living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Do you see the growing, rippling out revelation? Because as the lamb is revealed, there's a greater glory that's needed to sing the songs of the lamb. Later on. There's 144,000 that are singing the song of the Lamb, and they say, we will follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Mark us as those that sing the songs of the Lamb. And with a loud voice they sang, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Do you see that it's adding uh, attributes to the Lord as the revelation is unfolding and now it's thousands upon thousands, myriads upon myriads, angels surrounding elders and living creatures and movement and worship and they're all crying out, worthy is the lamb. And here on Silent Saturday in the in-between space where the Alpha and the Omega is the bookends of our life, we stand in that place to say, although we might feel that in some ways that we are in chains, we are waiting and in the Spirit, and there's a revelation unfolding in our hearts of the glory of the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth. And if it was then, it can be now for us again today. And it moves beyond thousands upon thousands, and Every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. I heard them saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him. Who lives forever and ever. Worthy is the Lamb. Could we just could we just sing it? Could we just shout it? Could we just speak it? Let it be tenderly, tenderly. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy are you, Jesus. Worthy are you, Jesus? Worthy is the man, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb who died for our sins, who took our place. Worthy is the Lamb to make every wrong thing right, to bring shalom to the earth, to restore every broken thing in the cosmos. We say, worthy is the Lamb. As the revelation grows of Jesus Christ, there's a movement in the song from worthy is the Lamb Behold the lamb to follow the lamb. What begins in the place of revelation when we're gathered here and we have a heart response in worship must lead us into active discipleship and action to go. We will follow the lamb wherever he goes. That means it's not enough to sing those lamb songs in here, but when we go out of this place, we're following the lamb wherever he goes, that he is redeeming peoples. He's redeeming places. Father, we say, Lord God, that the communities that seem impossible and too difficult, they're not impossible for the lamb. We're going to follow him wherever he goes. That his blood has paid the price and that he's more than enough. And then in Revelation 19, let us rejoice and be glad. Woo. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Worthy to stand at his side. Worthy to worship not from afar, but worthy to worship in partnership. I adore you. I worship you and that there is a wedding of the lamb that takes place for the bride has made herself ready and it was granted and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And now the voice of the great multitude is the bride as the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thundering saying, "Hallelujah" for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. The bride in Revelation 19 sounds like the man in Revelation 1, the sound of many waters. Father, in the growing, rippling revelation of who you are, we need to sound more like you in this day as we prepare for a wedding feast. Woo! Rejoice and be glad for the wedding of the Lamb has come. And in the final revelation, I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said, do not do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren whom have the testimony of Jesus. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Worthy is the Lamb. Now I saw heaven open to behold a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, not any longer The crown of mockery that brought blood. Now there are many crowns of glory that are upon his head. The crowns that the elders have cast down in worship. The crowns of the nations that have become priests and kings to the Lord. Now that glory is given to the one king above all kings. No cross, no crown. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a rope dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe... And he has on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. When we pass through the revelation of the lamb that meets us in the in-between space. And of the man who knows us and can identify with us in our sufferings and our grief. And then we are able to enter into intimate fellowship of his sufferings together with him. It is not the end of the story. In all of that, he is preparing his people to be able to stand by his side when he's revealed in his final glory. And he will not just be the suffering servant. He will not be the one who is mocked, but he will have a tattoo. He will be written upon his thigh in the place of intimacy and the strength of a man. In that place, it will say, King of kings and Lord of lords, King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will rule over the world. And with the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of our Christ. His name is Jesus. And he's revealed as lamb, as man, and as king of kings. As we remember in the in-between, Jesus on the cross it's not the end of the story we're going to gather back tomorrow and we are going to celebrate the resurrected one we are going to celebrate through baptism we're going to celebrate through worship and we are going to release the joy of acknowledging who he really is Father, I thank you for the revelation in the room tonight that it wouldn't just be a message, but you would write it upon our hearts and you would lead us into greater intimacy with you as your people behold the lamb, behold the man, and behold the king of kings in his glory. Can we shout it out to finish and lift up a cry to the Lord? Worthy. Come on, lift your voice and strength to him. As you lay your head on your pillow tonight, ask the Lord for fresh visitation. And may the Lamb receive the reward of his suffering. Thank you that we're being written in partnership into the end of the story that we're privileged to be born into such a time as this, to partner together with the Lamb who is a man and who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.